Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody, it's Alex Youngblood here with Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I've got Joe McCall with me. We are out to bring you another great episode here, uh, talking to the latest and greatest investors in the industry, and just giving you some great information about how you can take real estate investing and completely change your life. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people who have listened on this podcast from the beginning and have taken the information that we've given for absolutely free. Yep. And I've gone out there and used it, even using our Fast Cash Survival Kit, which you can download on our, our website, by the way, at realestateinvestingmastery.com. Yep. Just taking that free information, simply implementing it into their business. I mean, we go down, go over things like marketing from the beginning and learning how to process leads and even how to get virtual assistants in there to uh, process your leads for you so that you can focus on going out there and making money by talking to sellers and locking up deals and building relationships and all that good stuff. Uh, you, you can We show you how to do just that, and I'm sure there's a lot of – you know, actually, I'd like to see if somebody would give us a review based on taking our information going out there and, uh, and, and really changing their life. So, But, uh, Joe, it's good to have you here. I, you know, I think, like you said, we did have somebody yes. do that, didn't we? I remember. I was just – I'm trying to remember when that was. But we did get a review. It's somewhere in iTunes. We have. I'm looking at it right now. We have 251 reviews in iTunes, and um, well, 251 ratings and 212 written reviews, which is amazing. I mean, if you That's look at awesome, if you look at all the reviews in iTunes and look at their, I mean, all of the podcasts in iTunes and look at the average reviews that a podcast gets, we're we're up there in the top five percent. I'm really, really happy about that. That's awesome. That's excellent. But man, how are you doing, Alex? I'm good. I'm good. Things are. Uh, I mean, sometimes in this business, you 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 learn why wholesaling is is uh, so easy and awesome, and then you learn, you know, as we're trying to wrap up these. Man, today, today I went to uh, five different closings, and four in one spot, and one in a different, and then another wow. spot. And you learn, you know, as you're trying to get these things wrapped up why a wholesaling can be so easy sometimes. I mean, we're out there and we're trying we're dealing with city inspectors and they failed us at the last minute on one house because we didn't have tempered glass in one of our windows in the bathroom and that yet they passed it on the plans like you know, well that was last year sometime, but yeah. now the inspector comes back and busts you on it. And the way they get around that is they say these plans are approved subject to field inspection. Oh, so, yeah. you know, that can really, that can get you. And, you know, we're just scrambling at the last minute to try to get those things done. But, you know, we can't complain. It's, it's a lot of revenue. Well, yeah, <laughs> these are houses you're selling, not buying. Yes. Those are all houses that we are Good selling. Good for you. So it's going to be a big month. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, uh, you know, and there's some of them where I have a, a bunch of my own money tied up into them so that when that comes back to you, it makes you feel even better. You know, it's like the you, you it's like uh, an old friend coming back to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it brought new friends. <laughs> <laughs> it multiplied. 
<laughs> it did. Cool. Yeah, it went out and made disciples, if you will. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's funny. So, I did a. Uh, yeah. I got a check about a week or two ago. Um, I was partnering with a guy in another market. I won't say where. And got a. He he did a deal. I was doing the marketing. Did a deal. Made twenty grand on it. Nice. And. 20 and change, and I got a check back for 10,800 bucks. Nice. Didn't do a thing. I don't even know. You marketed. Well, I did something. Correct. You're right. You're right. You're right. I I did the marketing. Uh, You know, there's a lot that goes into that. Believe it or not. There absolutely is. You can't just say you're doing nothing. I mean, it sounds good, but you're doing stuff. (laughs) Well, and and, and if you you also got to look at the time that I have invested over the years. The time Absolutely. and the money in education, in coaching, in learning the systems, you know, building this podcast and doing it for four years and get meeting people all over the country that are doing deals and implementing the best practices of what we learn. So, yeah, I, you know, I guess I did a lot, but it felt really good to get that check and deposit it. I got another guy that I'm doing deals with in Florida and we had taken the last couple months off, maybe. You know, we just kind of slowed things down, I guess. And hmm. we've just picked it back up again about two or three weeks ago. And he's already got four properties under contract. Um, awesome. Oh, it's amazing. And I, I, you know, I don't know if it's just we're coming into this time of the year in the spring. Things are starting to pick it's up the again. the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> it seems like things are really starting to pick up again. The calls, um, the the uh deals buyers are coming back you know hey do you got anything i'm looking for deals sellers are starting to be more responsive to our postcards and um i was well i'll tell you i i I mean i just dropped probably like fifteen thousand postcards and my virtual assistants are going crazy going through all these calls but we got tons of leads and as a result of it we'll have uh, a good amount of deals from that last drop as well so Things are moving. By the way, I've got I have a great VA, and if you want to borrow her for a little bit, for like a couple weeks, because I can I could let you. And she's she she's has really good English. Are you Aren't, talking to me? Or yeah, are you yeah, talking I'm, to the no, public? No, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be talking to you about this. You know, in the podcast, but yeah, let's talk offline. Because <laughs> I, I don't, I just, I have too many VAs right now, and this one I like a lot, and I don't want to lose her. Yeah. And so um, we'll talk offline about that. I'm all getting right. ready to ramp up some more direct mail, and, and anyway, I don't want to get into all the details. I do want to read some reviews before we get to Jim. I'm excited about this interview. Uh, this, Jim is a, is a guy I've met at a mastermind. Um, he interviewed me for a book that he's done, and great guy. And I I like him a lot, and I asked him to be on the show because I know he's going to have some really cool things to share. I wanted to read some reviews because we've had a lot of folks leave us some reviews. Uh, You get tired of listening to us beg and beg for reviews. And you said, okay, fine, I'll make to get these guys to shut up. I'll leave a review. And if you go to one of our podcasts we did recently, it's called Leave a Review, Get Free Stuff or Get Cool Free Stuff. And uh, we'll send you, you leave a review, send an email to my office, we will send you some books. It's pretty cool. But good or a bad review. This one is from Micah McRae, future wholesaler. says, five stars. Hey, guys, I want to thank you for all the information you give on your podcasts. I was a house flipper in East Tennessee for several years, and then the market took a hit. I found myself trying to find what direction to go. 
I recently started looking at wholesaling as one of the strategies to get back into the game. With the help of your podcast, I'm deciding that this is the best option to get started back with and to keep a steady flow of money. Thank you for all your hard work that you both put into this. Mike, I'm really happy for you. And definitely update us on your progress, would you? And in fact, if you do a deal, we let, how about this? We'll interview you on the podcast and you can be a guest on our show. How about that? Awesome. Yeah. In fact, if anybody wants to be a guest on this show and you're doing deals because of what you learn on the show, we'll lay out the red carpet for you and interview you. We'd love to interview you and talk with you if you're doing deals. And if you can credit some of your success to the things that you've learned on the show, um, contact my office. Or call Alex. Here's his cell phone number. You ready? Get a pen. <laughs> and then, and uh, we'd love nice. to interview you on the show. That'd be cool. All right, we got a, f- a couple more here, right? Chris McCartney, Joe and Alex provide excellent content in all caps, five stars. I've been a longtime listener, and sadly, this is my first review. I was absolutely blown away with the content that Joe and Tom Kroll, bring it on Tom Kroll, went over in episodes 83 and 84. A virtual assistant has always been on my radar to hire, but they really hit it home with the time savings and life freeing ability that one could provide. Thank you. I got to tell you, Alex, those two podcast interviews we did with Tom Kroll, number 83 and 84, I've gotten tons and tons of feedback, great feedback from people. Uh, And I know we've sent a lot of business to Tom Kroll's way. And Tom, if you're listening to this, where's my check, baby? Come on. We've, (laughs) We've sent some... Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I won't go into the details, but there's some people that um, Tom has really, really helped uh, explode their business, and he's doing great. Um, okay, I got a, a funny one. I'm saving the best for last. Okay, Alex? All right. Sports JB2, great podcast, five stars. Great podcast with Joe McCall. He's a smart guy and really knows his stuff. If you're interested in wholesaling and lease options as well, that's his expertise, but he's got a lot of great stuff here and guests. Okay, <clears throat> children, turn off the podcast, go to your room, don't listen to this. There's a bad word in there. <laughs> no, I'm just All kidding. All right. Joe found naked in St. Louis. This is, a, this is a review from Claude Diamond, one of my coaches and mentors. I've been working with, I, I've been working with Claude and we're doing stuff together. And we did a, a workshop in Hawaii. Uh, he left me a review. Joe found naked in St. Louis. Five stars. Joe is naked in the way in in ways because he shares everything. Joe is <laughs> Joe is naked. All right. Okay. I hate gurus, but I love Joe. He's the real deal. He's a nice guy who shares great and contemporary information in an informative manner. He is not your average Joe. Claude Diamond from the Guts Sales and Training System. I've got some videos that we're going to be coming out soon with the podcast here with Claude. He's he's a brilliant sales guy, and um, so I'm excited about releasing those podcasts that are going to be coming out soon. Okay, so anyway, Jim, sorry for the long intro. Long drawn out. How are you doing, Jim? Yeah. Are you Ready to go? Are you awake? I am awake. Sorry. Uh, and I'm glad to have you on the show. I met you a couple weeks ago. I mean, we talked on the phone before, but we met in person at a mastermind uh, with Mark Evans, actually, in Florida. Yep. And uh, I love going down to Florida. Any excuse I can get to go down there, I'll, I'll do that. Doing a bunch of deals in Chicagoland. And um, even though you're a Cubs fan, I'm still going to let you on the show. 
It's okay. so hard. It's so hard to be. It is so hard, but I, I am. I am. There is no other team that's harder to be a fan for. Period. The Bears are getting there, but that's football. But well, that's, that's just Chicago. Too. <laughs> so but anyway, um, glad you're on the show. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. So we want to talk with you about kind of like how you got into the business. And we want to focus specifically on the MLS because you come across a lot of deals um, on the MLS. That's kind of your niche and you're doing really, really well with it. And you're crushing it in a very competitive market. Chicago is very competitive. Yeah. And you seem to be doing really, really well. So could yeah, you, it, go ahead. Yeah. yeah so you know, so. <clears throat> How I got into it, when the reason, because a lot of people, especially investors, wholesalers, and a lot of guys I meet through the masterminds and networking are always surprised. They're like, well, use the MLS, isn't there? You know, there's no money in the MLS, there's no good deals in the MLS. And it, it for me, it comes from where I started from. I was an agent first, and uh, I was working, I found real estate investors to work with. I was helping them flip their houses. And it didn't take me very long to realize that I was on the wrong side of that deal. Oh. You know, they were obviously making big checks. I was making little commission checks. And so I started to become a real estate investor myself. And so I, I, I only knew the MLS at that point. And um, uh, so I went to do my first deal. It was awesome. I, I lost 36 grand on it. I don't recommend doing that. Uh, <laughs> Good deal. But because I, th- because I was an agent, though, I thought I could you know easily do deals as a real estate investor. And, and I was wrong. I did everything wrong on that deal. Now, the second deal I found in the MLS, uh, I actually made about 80 grand on. And so wow. that... Yeah, and so that the the that's what showed me was possible. That that property was what changed everything for me. It was actually listed at four hundred and forty thousand, and you know my market's more expensive than most around the country. Uh, so, um, and I actually got it for three hundred thousand, a hundred and forty thousand off the list price, or thirty one percent. And uh, that was the beginning of me kind of navigating my way through the MLS to be able to extract the best deals. And that that one was on the market for three hundred and sixty days, by the way, and it was sitting there. We you know we made eighty grand. At, 80 grand in the back end. And the crazy thing is, is that deal, the first deal I, 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 I overpaid, I picked the wrong contractor. He overbid or underbid the job. It cost more, took longer time. It was in the middle, you know, right when the market was starting to decline. So all of these things happened where, you know, if it sold in the time I thought we probably would have broke even, but it took longer. It was more expensive. The market started going down and that's why I lost 36 grand on that one. And <clears throat> But, but either way is, you know, in that time I got some education, I, I learned a bit. And so that, that, that's what kind of helped me get to, you know, starting to use the MLS as my deal source. And I've been using it as my primary deal source since 2007. So since 2007, you were a realtor before that, right? Yeah, I still am now. I'm still licensed. Okay. And, uh, what were you doing before you were doing real estate as a, as a realtor? Uh, I had worked for family businesses. I ran gas stations when I was, you know, a teenager and I've always really been self-employed. I actually moved out to California for a while and, uh, to open a bar and then I came back. And so I've really always been an entrepreneur. I've never really had a real job and, um, real estate was kind of a, you know, I've always had an interest in real estate. And so it was a natural progression. Actually, my father was an agent too. And, you know, that's, it's funny how things happen because people think, you know, Hey, your dad's an agent. This is going to be easy for you. The only problem is when you get into the real estate business as an agent, you, they tell you to call your sphere of influence, all yeah. your friends and family, right? 
well, all my friends and family used my father already, right? So that was kind of <laughs> difficult to break into that. <laughs> so of course I had a couple buddies, whatever that didn't, but either way, it was not, you know, most of my, my sphere of influence was gone. So that's how I got to real estate investors. I had to figure out a way to make it work. And so I'm glad that that happened, believe it or not. It was a, you know, at the time it seemed like a, it was like, this is brutal. Like I, you know, I had nobody to call cause it was my dad's, he's still in the business, you know? So I had nobody to call. And, um, uh, but, but that's what got me. That's how I found real estate investors. And it was a blessing in disguise. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're in the business. You, yeah. You, no, you, me too. You strike me as a, an energetic, passionate go-getter. I mean, I cannot picture you getting fat and lazy on a couch, watching a bunch of TV shows. Yeah, man, I don't watch much TV. That like the thought, I mean, my wife, I, cause that's kind of the time I hang with my wife from day to day, you know, like, so yeah. we have a couple of shows we do watch, but it's rare that I sit and watch TV that, that th- the thought of that even right now makes me cringe. I don't like <laughs> the city because there's, you know, I could be doing something productive, something, right. you, know, or, you know, like just, yeah, I, I don't sit around too much, man. I, I got, uh. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a high D personality. If you're familiar with that. And, uh, I, I, I'm, I have a very rapid personality. So you guys might have to slow this down a bit so everybody could understand it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Bring it on. Uh, I talk a little fast. Bring it on. And, um, well, I, I just, I love hanging out with passionate people, right? I mean, life's too short to be just kind of ho-humming along and, uh, not really taking life by the horns and, and, Saying yeehaw, let's go. In fact, there was a. I'll have I to look it up. I think I would ever say yeehaw. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't either. But my point is that, uh, you know what? I'm going to, while, while you're talking, I'm going to look up a uh, quote and I'll read it to you. It's on my Facebook page that I found recently and it's really good. But, um, okay. So, Jim, now. You are doing what? Wholesaling, rehabbing, mixture of both? I, primarily rehabbing, yeah. I mean, I, I buy from a lot of wholesalers because, uh, you know, in, in my market, there's um, – we have a few key wholesalers that, that I buy from in my market. Actually, probably three out of, you know, my whole market that I know most of the guys that are doing. But there's just, you know, there's not many guys that are really doing deals, at least not in my market. So uh, I do buy from wholesalers. I do direct, you know, I do direct mail too. But again, I, I keep coming up with, you know, every time I'm, I need a deal, like when I, you know, finally do cash out of one, because, you know, like, you know, when you were in the, in the rehab business, uh, the a big problem really in the last year, it's been brutal is the financing. I mean, in 2007, eight, when all that stuff hit the fan, that was nothing compared to how, how brutal it got in the last year. We had deals falling apart on the closing day, before the closing day, last minute conditions coming up. And so, you know, typically for my whole career until last year, like I would have one lined up for the next, you know, the next week closing back to back. I would, I, I knew I'd be closing on one on Thursday or Friday. I'd have another one, you know, a new one closing because I, I would have that money freeing up and I would be closing on a new one Monday, Tuesday, whatever. Well, I had like three deals in a row that didn't close. I was scrambling to get, I'd use, you know, go get into some hard hard money sources, which is fine. There's always a backup, but I don't want to use hard money if I don't have to. And because <clears throat> these deals weren't closing. And so, um, you know, again, I, going back to the MLS is my primary deal source is, you know, when, when once these deals close now, I know I can go right back out there and fish. So if I have nothing in my private seller pipeline, I just turn up, you know, turn on all my MLS strategies and go to work. I mean, it's, it's every time I do it, if I need 10 deals, I could pull, I mean, now we have a huge MLS. Don't get me wrong. It's all of Northern Illinois. It's, we have a huge, like right now there's, I think there's about 18,000 listings in there. It's a big MLS. Uh, but if I need 10 deals, 15 deals, I could go pull 15 deals out of my MLS today if I need them. Uh, 
Yeah. And I mean, we're not talking like earth shattering home runs, but as we all know, every deal are, is not a home run. You, you get home runs in the MLS once in a while, just like anything else. But the average deal we were pulling, like the minimum I will, I need to make 15% on the sale minimum. I mean, obviously I would like to make more, but I could pull 15% out of the MLS all day long. And my sales price here is, you know, 400 to 500,000 when I'm done with these things. Mm. So it's not, a, it's, you know, it's a pretty good return and I, and I can do it all day long. Now you say on the sale, you're talking if you're selling for five hundred, you're shooting for fifteen percent on five hundred. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Because so yeah, yeah. some people will base it on, you know, I'm buying this. Let's say a hundred thousand dollar house. I'm buying this for a hundred, but I'm I'm buying it for thirty, and I'm putting another thirty into it. So um, my money invested is sixty thousand. So I'm gonna you know base my return on the sixty thousand that I invested. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, you could, there's, there's, but that's you know. good to base it off the sale for sure. That's more money that way. Well, that's just, I mean, that, that, those are the numbers that that's how it all breaks down. It's easy to, you know, and I teach on this and my students and, you know, it's just easy to explain it that way. And that's, that's what we do. I've always, you know, that, that in, you know, shopping the MLS for deals, that's how I, that, that's part of how I figure out what I could pay is I just use, you know, I'll start with 20 and see if I can make those numbers work. And, you know, it always gets whittled down. And e either way, at, at the end of the day, if I, use, if I used 15 as my beginning formula, I would be, you know, deal after deal out of my MLS all day long. I mean, you have to know your numbers as far as the rehab costs. That's the biggest problem. You know, if you don't know your numbers on the rehab side of the deal, you're going to get yourself caught. I mean, there's when it's 15%, that, that, that money can go away real quick if you're wrong on ARV or if you're wrong on repair costs. So you really got to, you know, be tight on your numbers and know them well. But as long as you do, man, you can pull stuff out of the MLS all day long with 15% of the ARV. That's fantastic. And we'll talk about that here, uh, how you get deals off the MLS. And I got some other questions. I did find that quote. You ready for this? Here we go. And, and uh, JP and, the, and, and David, you guys are listening to this podcast. I'd like you to put this in the, in the show notes because this is really, really awesome. All right. Life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in an attractive and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in sideways, body thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and screaming, "Woohoo! what a ride. Love it. Nice. Love it. I like that a lot. Yeah, no, I, I, I like it a lot, too. I'm going to get that tattooed on my uh, arm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. All right, so, Jim, you are your monster at finding deals on the MLS and you're making some pretty good change flipping these things kind of like it. Let's pretend you are talking to somebody who's just getting started right now into real estate and they're doing some direct mail, but they want to, they can't afford to do any more and they have MLS access and they want to start farming the MLS for deals. Where would you tell them to start? Well, for, even if they don't have MLS access, let's actually start there because most people yeah. don't have it. And that's a big, it's a big, you know, a, a roadblock for them. And it, and it really shouldn't be. I mean, there's several ways to get MLS access. You know, obviously I have to say it, you can get your license. You know, some people I've been told didn't realize that once you have your real estate license, you can get access to the MLS. So you can do that. Anybody could do that. Right. But if you're looking to not do the 90 hours it's required now and all that rigmarole, what, what, and this is, this is not my tip by the way, because this is a couple of my buddies did this and I've been teaching on it for years, but it wasn't my 
tip. It was my buddies that were wholesalers that, that did this is they, they become an, I'm putting up air quotes here that nobody can see, but you become an assistant to an agent, right? All MLSs allow for assistance. In fact, some guys you'll see will have like 30 assistants. I'm not sure what's going on over there, but <laughs> they, you know, you could there. So I don't know the limit. I actually, I they're have my very busy from, over there making. Yeah. Tons right. Of money. Or, or right. they're just letting people do this, right. Charging them a grand, making an extra 30,000 a year. But hmm. so, so Ooh. the MLS dues, yeah, the MLS dues are, you know, in my my market, they're three fifty a year. So, like for my my assistant who has access to the MLS, I pay three fifty a year for her for her access. She has her own portal, and I control what she can see. Now, she's an admin on mine; she can see whatever she wants because you know she's my assistant. But I could control where she could only see searches, you know, only only run and save searches, and that's all you need to do is be able to run and save searches. So, if you could find an agent doing one or two deals a year, which <laughs> that shouldn't be hard to find because that's most agents. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, offer offer to pay the MLS dues in a grand, or my one buddy pays fifteen hundred because it's his buddy uh, for the year's access. So it's going to cost you mm. fifteen hundred or eighteen hundred. You got your access. So I mean, all you need is an agent just doing a couple deals a year. That you know, if you find an agent doing ten or twenty, they're not going to care about your thousand dollars to give you access to their MLS. But you find an agent doing one or two deals a year, and you're going to get your access. And uh, you know, beyond that, if you're doing any kind of volume of deals, also, you sh- if you're not going to become licensed, you should have a licensed agent on your team that's going to profit in the back end of the deal with you, who's not concerned about the front end commissions, right? So that's a you know more advanced strategy, but you know once you get going, you should have that anyway for when you sell your properties if you're going to be a rehabber. So then you get your access that way. You have an agent on your team, um, and and the reason that that's important, and I say that, that they're not going to be concerned about the front end commission, is because. When I buy my properties through the MLS as an investor, I rarely represent myself. I almost never. The only times I do it, once in a while, you run into an REO or foreclosure agent that says they don't do dual agency. They just don't do it ever. And so then, all right, whatever. I take the commission. And I just, I just you know, count that into what I could pay for the house. But usually, I'm going back to the agent's. And uh, especially REOs, this is my fa- my my favorite sale in the MLS is estate sales. I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, on the, the the your most consistent stream of deals in the MLS, without question, will be the smaller REO agents. It is an absolute gold mine. Huh. It, the, the guy doing like five to really no more than fifteen a year, where you can get him on the phone. You go see the house, you know, with you by yourself if you're licensed or with your with your t- licensed team member, and then you call the guy and say, "Hey, I saw your house at one two three Main Street. Uh, I want to make an offer for list price or whatever you can offer, um, uh, and I want to know if you could represent me as a buyer's agent. Could I send over a contract with you on the buyer side?" And of course, they're going to say yes because they're going to double their their commission they would have made on that thing, and. Um, you do that to a couple of agents, and uh, I mean, it's like it is like a pot of gold. I mean, that like literally. And, and once in a while, you'll find a new agent, and when you do, you hold on to that new foreclosure agent because when they say, if you if they say, hey, why why would you do that? That is your key indicator that they have not been offered this yet. You go hold on to that guy forever because you know obviously he's doing deals in your market. He he hasn't been approached by anybody yet because they my market again it's a pretty big market, but these little REO guys pop up all the time. Even still, I've been doing this eight years and I still meet new REO guys all the time that haven't been approached by a guy like me to double on the deal yet. Wow. And it's just yeah, it's crazy to me, but it, it happens all the time. And so I mean probably, you know, I'd say six or seven a year I come across in my market that they have not been they say, well why would you do that? And your response is obviously very simple. Well I'm a real estate investor and I'm not concerned about the front end commission. I'm looking to build relationships relationships with agents like you so you can bring me more deals. So, you know, any deal that fits my criteria, which you've gone over with them, uh, you can bring them to me and you could always double on the deal. And what do you think is going to happen? I'm not, I'm not saying they will, but I'm not saying they won't share inside information with you. You know, I mean, so it's, 
It's it's and it, what happens now. What I mean, it's pretty very common for me is I get brought deals two or three days before they're listed, and the guy say, "Hey, man, I got. This, I think you can pay the list price. The bank's going to list it at you know, you know, one ninety four or two twenty or whatever." And I, he's like, "I think based on your numbers, you could pay that, which means we can get this thing locked up. So go see it today. Here's the combination. We have to list it in two days, but if you could, you know, put the offer together and we submit it the minutes listed. So because everybody sees that watches the MLS, and this is why people think there's no good deals out there, is they see those great deals go like in seconds, like literally in one hour. It's from active, it's contingent. Well, that was sold before it ever hit the market, and that could be you if you put yourself in that position. So it's really powerful stuff. But I, I, I put myself in these positions over the years, and it was, you know, kind of through my own desperation that I learned all this stuff, but um, it's very, very powerful, and the stuff works well. I, you know, it got me thinking, it's not what you know, it's really who you know sometimes in this business, right? Yeah, and, I, I, and I'll give you, a, I mean, a fantastic tip, because people, you'll see a lot of the gurus that teach on the, you know, this stuff, they're like, send the letters to the REO agents, you know, like, as if you're, you know, first of all, half these guys don't call you back when you're interested in their property, right? Like, it's, if you... If you call them, sometimes you get an email back or as they get to the bigger agents, there, there's ways to get in with the bigger REO agents too. But the the smaller REO agents, if you just send them a letter saying, hey, I'm a real estate investor, I buy in your market, uh, can you call me so we could, you know, I'd like to buy houses. In the, you're not going to get a call back on that. I've tried it many times. It's never worked. But what I have done, and this is a phenomenal tip for anybody who wants to meet the smaller REO guys, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter if you've never done a deal, If you can, you, you have to have MLS access for this to work. But I did this on several with several guys that I know. A couple of them are now my buddies, and I actually they don't even know that this is what I did. But I've been teaching on it now, so they might find out soon. But either way, I I looked at their listings, and none of the ones that they had, you know, worked. They only had three or four, but still, I set up showings on those listings. Hmm. I went and saw them, and then I provided phenomenal feedback, like very good, very. This is overpriced, and here's why I like it. I could pay this, but you know, whatever. Just those guys never get feedback. I mean, it's hard enough to get feedback as an agent on your actual listing from actual agents because most agents are a holes, to be perfectly honest. But yeah. REO guys never get feedback. So if you give them really, really good feedback on like three or four listings in like a two week span. And then all of a sudden you send them an email saying, hey, man, I saw some of your listings. I see that you do business as an REO agent, you know, in, in the market that I buy. I, you know, the ones you had were overpriced. I really liked them, but I couldn't pay those prices. But, hey, do you think we could grab a cup of coffee or I could buy you lunch or something? And now that's your – they're going to know exactly who you are because you just provide a phenomenal feedback to them. Your name is going to be very right in the you know front of their head. And when you send them a direct email, they're going to be like, yeah, this guy's awesome. He's giving me great feedback. Of course, it's never failed. I've done it, you know, probably – I don't know, 10, 12 times over the years. It's never not worked. Every single time it's worked. That's a great idea. Yeah. It's, I mean, and they don't know that that's what I did. I just was like, yeah, man, I, was, I, I, go to see all, I go see almost all the REOs in the area. I like these. I would put an offer at this price, but you guys are at 220. I'd be at like 160. I don't want to waste your time, make you look like an idiot, but that's where this thing is worth because I think it's worth only you know 290 or 300 when it's done. And, uh, they, but they, they love that type of feedback because nobody gives them feedback ever. I mean, they rarely get feedback at all. So it's a, it's a very powerful way to get your foot in the door with them directly. Cause that, that's an email. It's going to go straight to them. Plus they get to give that to the bank. So it makes them look good. Like they're giving feedback and it helps them with price reduction. So they love you. Hmm. That's fantastic. And then talk about when you're, when you're going through the MLS, how are you looking for deals? And are you so, are you making are you blasting out a ton of offers? Are you using that those software that can that can send all those things out for you? No, 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 not quite the contrary. Actually, I, I don't think that that software is very effective for MLS stuff. I, I'm not saying it can't work, but that is, I mean, I, I I haven't written an offer myself in years, and in fact, I saw our contract the other day, and I had to have an attorney go through it with me again because it changed so much 
you know, it's now th- our, our board contract is 13 pages. And wow. anyway, I don't write any of the offers. So we have three stages of offers pre-filled out. All we do is fill out, you know, like once I, once I know what I'm going to offer, I, I shoot the address, the price and the closing date, which is always two weeks, uh, to my assistant who fills them out and submits them all. And so if you're just doing those, those automated offers, like, so the problem is you're not going to go see those houses in most cases. And so it's okay to not go see the house, but you have to call and set up a showing. So the agents think you went. And even if there's an electronic lockbox, they rarely check that to see if you actually open the lockbox. I would say probably never. So, but if, if you don't even call to set up a showing in most cases, your offer, and, and I, I know that there's banks that instruct if they haven't seen the house, they will automatically reject the offer because they know you haven't seen it. And there's a chance you're going to back out if they do accept. So they want you to at least see the property. So all you have to do is call and set up a showing. It's like 50-50. Like half the time there's going to be an electronic lockbox. Half the time it'll be just a combo and they wouldn't know if you went anyway. Either way, you have to call and schedule the showing so they think you went. So all my assistant does when I'm when I'm putting in offers, I, I call her with, you know, or email her whatever with 15, you know, addresses and, and prices. Then she calls. The first thing she does is call that morning, set up all the showings for that morning. doesn't matter. And then um, in the afternoon, submit all the offers. So it's if you don't submit your offers on REO stuff, you're not gonna you don't have a shot at it. They know you're wasting their time. They're not. I mean, I, I've been in the REO offices before. I've seen offers get thrown in the trash. I know it's not ethical or not right, but it happens. If you're wasting their time, they're not gonna. You know, they just they they the REO brokers is probably one of the worst jobs. I I early in my career I got the opportunity to be an REO broker. I did like five deals. I'm like, this is this sucks. Really? <laughs> I got out of it because oh, it was brutal. It was brutal. It's just the calls you get and the agents, the offers. I mean, I, I, have, I had no interest in it at all. I mean, I like what I do. I like my time. I, li- and I don't know one REO agent, not one, from the smallest to the biggest, that's happy with what they do. You can make good money doing it. I know a couple guys that make a couple million dollars a year, you know, and all they do is list property for the bank, but they are miserable because it just, it's a miserable, it's not, a, it's not pleasant. You wow. do have a lot, of amateur, yeah, a lot of amateurs and it's just not pleasant. So how many offers do you make in a day on average? Uh, it depends on what I'm buying. You know, I mean, it, it, I would say, you know, when I'm buying, if I need to buy 10, because with the MLS, you'll look, if, if you're going to get, you should plan on getting 10%. So if you need to buy a prop, one property, you'll need to write at least 10 offers. You know, sometimes it's 7% and you might need to write, you know, 13 offers to get one. And like a lot of students that come to me when I did coach one-on-one would, you know, they, they'd say, you know, I would do an intro call with them. Like, oh, I, I put in six offers. I've got nothing. I'm like, six? put in 60 and we'll talk or put in a hundred before, you know, if yeah. you, until you figure it out. I mean, obviously six is nothing. I put six in yesterday morning, you know? So, so it just depends on how many I want to buy. If I need to buy one, you know, I'll put, I'll go out and I'll put 10 offers and I'll, and I usually will get one out of that. Uh, if I need to buy, you know, three, I know I got to put out 30 offers. So it just depends on how many I'm looking to buy at the time. And I, that, that's how I gauge, you know, how many offers I'm putting out. So if I'm not buying, I'm not putting out offers. I mean, again, I, I don't, wholesaling the MLS is a whole different animal, very doable, very possible. It's not something I actively do. It's just not, you know, a, I, again, my time is most important to me. I got young twins at home. I like hanging with them. So my business runs pretty smooth the way it is. And uh, so adding that into it, just something I haven't, I haven't really, you know, focused on. Do you make repeat offers? You know, if they reject it or don't hear back from them, do you make an offer again a week later? Absolutely. That is a huge, huge, I mean, we follow these things constantly. So we'll resubmit the same offer every two weeks until they accept ours or somebody else's. And sometimes we'll even you know, reduce the offer 
Based on the market, like especially when the market was going down, it was very common for us every two weeks to you know lower it three percent, and you know then we submit it every two weeks until and they would see the offer going down. We'd say hey, the market's going down. We can't you know can't keep the same offer. If you guys accepted it you know a month ago, it would have been more, but no, and so that was very effective with the banks at the time. Um, but yeah, now I mean now the market's picked up a bit and we're not seeing a declining market anymore. We usually will keep the same offer. And, uh, yeah, follow-up is key. And even beyond that, one, one, another huge strategy. So my favorite stuff is estate sales. I'll talk about that in a minute, but the best strategies for consistent deals are the smaller REO agents and then the reactivated sale, right? So you got to follow the sales that you don't get, or even like if you're just starting out, look through all the contingent sales, look at the stuff that's been contingent for 60 plus days and follow those. Cause those REOs that have been under contract for 60 days, if those things come back on the market and you can submit an, a cash offer that day within hours of it being reactivated, very, very powerful. Um, so a, a lot of those, like when I have offers in already and I'm able to resubmit, obviously you got to put new dates, new offer date, new closing date, whatever. But when you resubmit on something you had, like my, my favorite 90 to 120 days, man, that you can close on REOs in like two weeks at that point, And you can usually get them for a much better price than you did when you put the offer 90 days ago, because the bank had already wrote that off the book. So uh, it has nothing to do anymore with the actual close price. It has everything to do with now the you know, whoever's the asset manager had wrote it off the books as a contingent property, closing, closing, didn't close, didn't close. Well, now all of a sudden it's active again, and now it's back on their active roster, which makes them look terrible. So they just need to dump the property as quick as possible. So it's a huge, huge opportunity to close very quick for, for a better price, even if it's not a better price in some cases, that you could still pay the price you offered. Either way, that that reactivated sale, very, very powerful. Do you ever just go through and call? the realtors of pending listings and say, Hey, listen, if this falls through, will you call me back before you list it again? No, we, I did do that in the past, but they rarely would actually call you back. Even if they said yes, all we do, all I do is all MLSs have hot sheets now, right? They all have different versions of this, but even if they don't have a hot sheet per se, which is a really simple way to set up an individual search for a property address, you could set up as you know, an automatic search for one property address then to literally notify you as soon as that property reactivates. So you're having one search, it checks twice a day only for that one property. And so that way, when that property comes back on the markets, what we do is we set up a showing instantly. My assistant knows when those things are reactivated, her first call is to set up a showing. And then hours later, we resubmit an offer, sometimes the same, sometimes less, sometimes more, whatever we, you know, whatever fits. And generally, I'll call the agent to feel them out. Say, hey, we're going to resubmit the offer right away. We just saw it. We're very into that property. I want to submit the same offer. Do you think that would work? I don't want to waste your time. Um, you know, especially if they're double ending the deal. Should we? Can I lower it? What? Because at that point, they just want to close it too. Yeah. And so they'll they'll usually like that's where I said they. You know, I'm not saying they will, but I'm not saying they won't share some insider information. If they're double ending the deal, usually they're going to tell you exactly where you need to be. Okay. Yeah, but that yeah, calling the agent, having them to tell you, you know, call me. They they get that call all all the time, and they're not. That's the that. pendings hijacking trick. <laughs> yeah, it it is, it is, and it's very powerful. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have to regrettably break this podcast up with Jim into two parts. We actually went pretty long, and so I'm going to break this up. Um, I'm not sure where we're going to break this podcast up yet, but if I didn't talk about it yet. Later on in the podcast, we um, gave a few different websites that you can go to to get more information about Jim. So go listen to part two as soon as it comes out next week. But uh, his main website, Jim Hunsaker's website, is mlsdomination.com, mlsdomination.com. I've been through Jim's course. It's phenomenal. It's 
It's really, really good. Jim is the real deal. He's doing a lot of deals. And uh, he has another website, jimhunsaker.com. J-I-M-H-U-N-T as in Tom. Z as in zebra. I-C-K-E-R. jimhunsaker.com. One of the things, too, I wanted to tell you is we... Um, I'm, I'm going to be giving away this contract that I had. We talked about how to wholesale properties from the MLS later on in the show. And I talked about, uh, I have this contract that we've, uh, we've used before to sell your LLC. So if you're wholesaling deals and you want to wholesale the, or sell the LLC, um, sometimes, which is better to do when you're wholesaling REO properties, uh, there's a specific contract that you can use and you can get it for free on our website, realestateinvestingmastery.com. Go to the show notes. Get uh, you can get the information on how to get that contract. Now you got to review it with an attorney. All right, I'm not an attorney, so just you'll save some money by giving this contract to an attorney to review instead of asking them to come up with a new one. And this is a good place to start. I think you're going to like it. So go to realestateinvestingmastery.com. Look at the show notes. And uh, thanks a lot, guys. We will stay stay tuned. We will be releasing part two in a week. And uh, talk to you later, guys. Thanks. Bye bye.